Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hey everyone, it's me, Dr. Lauren. So how many of you have to interact with your spouse in front of your employees? Um, so even though Kirby and I don't work next to each other while adjusting, we work next to each other on the podcast, in annual reviews, on team meetings. Basically, we are like attached at the hip. Uh, so it's really nice because he's like a little built-in interpreter and HR rep. So like if I were to joke and say something super inappropriate, like, woohoo, want some beads um, during an employee team meeting when one of my employees is breast pumping, uh, Kirby's quick to say, Lauren is joking, that's inappropriate. She in no way is asking to see your boobs. Uh, or if I get pissed and say something like, bitches heads are gonna roll if we don't get our shit together, he's very quick to say, what Lauren is trying to say team is that we know you're better than the quality of work you've been putting out lately and only together can we achieve greatness. So like I said, for those of you who know Kirby and me because you've listened to episodes, yeah, you know, we work together a lot and uh, he helps just interpret and soften this version of Lauren. So today's question is actually about working together Cairo e Cairo. That's a play on mano e mano. Um, but before I introduce who I brought on to help me with that, since Kirby's not a chiropractor, it's one of the skills he's not, um, it's time for our listener spotlight. So this is probably actually my favorite review I've ever gotten. And I kind of can't believe it got buried to the bottom of Facebook and never made airtime. So this review is from Courtney McDonald and it starts, yes, queen, and a double unicorn emoji inserted there. Um, I was never really one to listen to podcasts and I honestly don't even remember how I came upon your Insta page with the link to the podcast, but it happened and my goodness, I am so happy it did. I listen to the podcast every week, either at the gym, driving, or while I dance and clean the house. Although I'm not a Cairo, your podcast helped me realize how to become my authentic self, go outside my comfort zone and speak my truth. I recommend this podcast to every woman from every walk of life. It's entertaining and packed with relevant content for life and business. I rate it 1 million velociraptors. Like, seriously? 
Hello, can you see why I love that review so much? Courtney, you freaking rock. Um, I wonder, I don't know what you do since you're not a chiropractor, but I'm really glad you found this podcast too. And I love that. Um, I love hearing from non-chiros that they get information out of it. I was actually even talking to my dad the other day who's like retired. And he's like, yeah, I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, you do? Do you? do you like them? And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I take what works for me. And I think that, you know, your message is really bigger than just for women chiropractors. I'm like, oh, thanks, dad. So there you go. There's two reviews in one episode. One's from my dad. Um, okay, so I had to bring on my friend, Dr. Haley Day from the Cairo Business Mojo podcast for this question. Uh, because like I said, it was specific for chiropractor spouses, like chiropractors working together, double the debt, double the hands adjusting people. Um, and like I said, I'm not married to a chiropractor. So from the beginning 11 years ago, Haley and her husband, Rich, put the focus on their family while building their practices. For the past seven years, she's been a stay-at-home mom to their three girls while managing the practices from home. During that time, they've also produced the Cairo Business Mojo podcast for chiropractors, co-authored the Cairo Planner, and co-created several other resources for new chiropractors looking to create their own lifestyle practice. With their kids starting into school, she's jumped back into practice and attempts to balance all the things but making dinner. <laughs> so before we jump into our conversation with Dr. Haley, let's all come together in a couple breaths, raise our frequency higher to love and pray. Dear God, I don't know what the Bible says about working hand in hand with your spouse. Um, you know more than anyone the extra pressure that that puts on something so sacred as marriage. When you bring two people together in love, let them value each other's individual strengths and respect each other's weaknesses and really figure out how to put you first when building a business to make an impact. Help all Kairos married to win the lottery, to help pay off their hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans. Um, and But seriously, help both genders be patient and hold grace as we as a society can to come to figure out what man and wife, mother and father, and CEO slash COO looks like all functioning under one house. So in your name we pray, amen. All right, everyone. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Haley Day. Okay. Um, all right, She Slayers, this is Dr. Lauren, and I have another chiropractic female podcast host with me today, Dr. Haley Day. Yes, thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited because the question I got um, a couple months ago is very specific. It wasn't like, what's it like working with your spouse? Because everybody who listens to the show knows that Kirby and I work together all the time, but he's not a chiropractor. And this question was like, no, 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 I want to know like what it's like for two chiropractors. So instead of sending Kirby to chiropractic school, so I could answer <laughs> the question four years from now, I figured I might just reach out to another female who's actually doing that. And we found each other and I was like, yeah, you're perfect. So I'm yeah. glad you're here. So um, what I'll do is I'll read the question coming from Dr. Taylor, and then um, before we jump into the question, please share your story because I have totally been known 
to get about 20 minutes into an interview with someone and I'll just be like, oh shit, I never told anybody anything about you. What's your story? So I'm better with people that I actually don't know their story because I am curious um, versus like when I'm interviewing someone who I've known for years and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They don't know. So before we jump into the question, I will make sure we talk about it. Okay, so this question comes from Dr. Taylor, and it says, Hey, Lauren, I love your podcast. It's unbelievably helpful for me as a doc, but one thing that as a fellow chiropractor I'm always looking for support with is how to work with your spouse. My husband and I have been working together through chiro school, through preceptorship and associateship, and now in our own practice as co-owners. I think there's a large amount of amazing women DCs that may shy away from it because it's scary and it takes a lot of strength and practice. I'd love to hear something specifically marketed towards Cairo couples, specifically to DC couples, as it's difficult to find the balance for delegation, management styles, et cetera. Thanks. So, so that's our question today. What a fully loaded question. <laughs> I will try to hit all the points. Yeah, and I will take notes over here. So okay. one thing, Haley, I didn't tell you before we started is that if you haven't listened to the show much, I am a... Uh, let's see, I should come up with a nicer name than an interrupter, but like I have like undiagnosed ADHD. And so like, I might be like, Oh wait. And so I apologize in advance. It's I done. love it. Okay. So okay. if you interview my husband, he might just walk out the room, but I love to be interrupted. And so feel free. <laughs> so, um, give us, yeah, fill us up to date, get us up to date as to who you are, how you got to this point. Okay. So I went to, I have a business degree and while I was getting my business degree in undergrad, I started working for a chiropractor. Um, I had never really known much about chiropractic until I started working for him, but I fell in love with chiropractic and, but it wasn't something that I had been thinking about before school. So I didn't really put too much into it. I graduated from school with my business degree. I moved back home and kind of didn't know what to do with myself. So I started talking. I didn't interview, but I went and talked to people at ad agencies because I thought that sounds like fun. And um, it turned out it didn't look so much fun. (laughs) And well, the, the creative side looks really fun. But then once you get in the business side, which I was more, you know, prepared for, Um, They were all in like white closets, I felt like, and no one seemed to really enjoy their job. And that just wasn't me. I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love deeper conversations. And so I actually got um, offered a job at one of the ad agencies that I talked to. At the same time, I got a job to be a server, which I had done. And I listened to one of your podcasts you had done too. And I decided to become a server again. I thought, you know, I'll just get back into it. I need to, when you're an undergrad, you're just talking to people your age. And so it's nice to start to get to know, to start talking to people again and, you know, get back into a sales role. And, and so that, um, I started doing that and then that turned into, um, I became an associate manager at a gourmet grocery store. And when I worked there, I started working in the kitchen and kind of fell in love with cooking and baking. And so I started on the culinary path. And after a few years of that, I thought, I don't know. I don't think so. 
So I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't see a future in it. I wanted a family and I wanted to enjoy birthdays and stuff I was missing out on um, working in a, as a chef. So I decided to go back. I decided to go to chiropractic school because there was, so I went to undergrad in California, but there was Cleveland and Kansas City, which is where I'm from. And I had moved back and I started taking actually one class at a time just to see if I liked it. I knew I was in no hurry. So I wanted to make sure that it was really something I wanted to do and I loved it and stuck with it and, and graduated. So after that, um, I meet when, so you didn't meet Rich yet. I didn't. I met him in school. So I did. So I met him in school and um, by the end of school, we were living together and kind of had decided that maybe Fell we in should. love with a chiropractor. It's I know. <laughs> Double the debt. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. I tried not to. He actually invited me to Cairo prom several times and I said, no, sorry. Um, I had been, I kind of was trying to not get too involved in the school. I had my own friends, my family. I, you know, I was where I was from. So uh, it wasn't a social connection thing for me, but um, he kept trying. And so then we did uh, end up together and fall in love. And um, he actually, he had a son in Colorado. So we ended up and that was his plan was to go back there. So we both, even though I said I would never move away from Kansas City again, <laughs> I picked up all my stuff and we moved to Colorado. We opened a practice together and we worked there for five years until we decided to move back to Kansas City when we started having kids. And um, so we moved back to Kansas City. I managed the Colorado practice from Kansas City while having two more kids. So we have three girls. Wait, okay. So three girls in three and a half years. Sell the Colorado practice? No, because I wanted to. Because it was, it was like labor of love, you know. Yeah. And and we, I think we graduated very similar times, and it we had put everything into it. I mean, it just was our whole life, you know. Not our whole life, but it was. You just is like our baby for our Your first, first baby. practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we just fell in love with the community and we didn't know anyone there before we had moved. So everyone we met, we were interested in and got to know. And, um, you know, the chamber, um, the chamber director ended up throwing me my baby shower. So, I mean, we were entangled mm-hmm. in the place. So, and it gave me something to do too without, with being, I could be home with our daughters and, and do that at the same time. So you brought an associate into the Colorado practice. Uh-huh. Okay. And then just yeah. kind of like managed it from afar. Yes. Okay. And then we have a practice in Kansas city as, and then my husband also works at Cleveland. He's the director of clinical operations. So, okay. So you still have the Colorado practice. We just sold it okay. um, last year. It just became too much. I, well, I, mean, I, could, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, with three little ones, I could never go back. And with him being at Cleveland, he could never really go back. And we had fill in docs and we never ran into a problem, but it got to the point where we were so far from it in a more of a mental state than we had been when we first moved mm-hmm. that it was obvious that it was, you know, we had found the right person. We could transition it to them and, and kind of move on. We had been starting the, our own podcast and we wrote the book and everything. So. 
So when did kids come into the picture, like in the timeline? So, you so we back. had our first daughter in 2013 and we moved in 2014. Back to Kansas City? Uh-huh. And then okay. I had another daughter in 2014 and 2016. Okay. So then did you get involved in the Kansas City um, practice? I didn't mildly. I mostly managed. Yeah. Okay. When you say managed, what do you, what do you mean? The, all the business side. So the okay, billing, so insurance, not, not as much. I was, but not, not like, like you. Yeah. So I'm done. Mo I've been focused mostly on the business side. And then this last year I got my license back at the end of the year. So I'm starting now to kind of transition back into practice once the girls go back to school and everything. But I, I enjoy being home with them. That's kind of something we wanted to do. And mm -hmm. so that's what I've done. But now once they all go into school next year, I'll get more full time into practice. How, so you're getting like, I mean, you didn't even have your license for a little bit. You're getting it back. Like, how's that? Um, well, I had my license. It just, it, it's kind of a, you, you put it on like a whole, oh, like, got it. Know. Yeah. 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 But so like, I had it and I only didn't, it, it was, I forget what they call it. It's a, um, exempt license. So I, cause I have to be able to have, I have, you have to have a license to own a business in Kansas city. Yep. Same. So, as um, and it was only an exempt maybe two years. So, okay. So, so and I can, you can feel still adjust. like, are you nervous at all getting back into adjusting? A like, little bit. I, I do have some seminars planned this year for adjusting, but I, I've been adjusting my kids and my absolutely. husband. And yeah friends and, and you can, with an exempt license, you can still treat mm -hmm. people. So, um, no. And then also with an associate, you know, a couple of our associates were brand new out of school. So I was on the phone with them daily talking them through treatment plans. And, and I'm always talking to my husband about his patients. And so I'm mm -hmm. not so disassociated with it, but definitely right. the, I could use adjusting help for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was more, I'm sure you're a fantastic adjuster, um, just more the self-confidence. Yes. But I would like, you know, and especially um, what I've seen when I coached um, in the past for a previous organization was, um, it's a kind of a similar story that I see with chiropractors um, where the female feels like she, she wants to be home with the kids which every time I hear that, I'm always like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous that you have that, like, um, that gene. I, I joke that God, like, did not give me that, like, desire to stay home at all. And I see these nurturing mothers that I'm like, damn, I wish I had that. But anyway, so, like, it's a similar story that I've heard where it's like, you know, we're both chiropractors. We fall in love. When we decide we have kids, I wanted to, like, I really valued, revalued that childhood time that is so precious and short and so the female kind of steps away from adjusting is still very involved in the yeah. practice and then when I see them kind of come back it's this um and so that's where I'm curious if this is what you are facing or not is like it's almost like you're stepping back into an arena that the guy's like well, this is kind of like you've been doing that thing and I've been doing this thing. Do you feel like it's going to be any problem at all being like, no, this is 50-50? Like, oh, well, but see, we, my husband's not there full time. 
Okay. So, I mean, as far as like our practice, no, I mean, it's, I, I have my own community that I would bring in as patients yep. and he has his and, um, so, and we weren't like that in practice either. Right. So it's definitely, um, but the confidence definitely, I, I definitely need needed to be back in and doing an ex, you know, doing an exam. I know what the orthopedic, I know what everything is, but actually like having the time to do it with the patient and also, but I realized too, that I have a benefit that like maybe you, maybe you don't have, I have a lot of time with each patient so mm -hmm. I can take my time. I can give them qualities, other, you know, more busier uh, chiropractors maybe can't. So, yep. you know, I just have to realize that there's the, that balance. And as I get busier and my confidence builds, I'll be more similar to your. I feel like it's going to be um, like riding a bike that like yeah. give you one busy shift and you're going to be like, yep, <laughs> I remember this. Give me more type thing. I got to just have a feeling. Yeah. So. Okay. So um, let's reverse to you and Rich graduating. Uh -huh. um, and you started a practice right away. And a lot yeah. of questions that I get have to do with how to get a bank to give you any money you know, to start a practice, uh -huh. um, out of school. And yet you guys, you had double the debt, right? Or yes, we had double the debt. We didn't get a loan. Okay. We, I had made lots of good decisions in school and I had saved a lot of money. So, um, so I had quite a bit of money to use and co their comfort was there. We did move in with my mother-in-law for about we 10 months. <laughs> yep. We did too. And you did? Yep. We yeah, lived with my mother-in-law. We lived in their basement for, from September through March. So yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, so we, so I'm trying to think. So we, in, and the last eight months of me being in school, because I, when I, we started, Cleveland had two programs and my husband was in like the accelerated program. And me, I was like, I can take all the time in the world. Like, is there a six year program? Because I knew I didn't, you know, I wasn't dying to get out of school. Um, so, so we ended but I kind of sped up once we ended up together and you start being in class with people who started after you start thinking, Oh no, I need to get out of here. <laughs> so I, but there was an eight month gap. And so he moved back home in Colorado and did his preceptorship and everything. And he lived at home. And then I moved in with my parents because the Cleveland had actually moved locations and it was much closer to my parents' house. So, um, so we both lived at home that eight months. And then I moved in with him and his mom for eight months. And, um, so that helped. And then he had, he had extra, he had savings too. So we, you know, and we kept our overhead low and yes. it was not a good time to graduate. I don't know if you graduated it, 2009. Did I see like at the end of 2008? Yeah. Oh yeah. I graduated, yeah. um, the end of 2010. I remember going oh, okay. into school the fall of 2007 and thinking, thank God I'm in yeah. school for three and a half years. This thing will work itself out. So for all the uh, little kids listening, 2007 <laughs> to 2010, we had a not so great economic situation where if you were starting a practice, anything other than like, we take all insurance. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I mean, I was thankful that we hadn't graduated in like 2005. 
you know, because we would have had an expensive mortgage and expensive cars and, you know, and then everything crashed. And, and so it was kind of good, even though it was a struggle. Um, we did really well. I mean, it was tough, but we, we did what we could and, um, it allowed us to get, we bought a condo and so we got it dirt cheap. And we ended up, by the time we sold it, we had made money on it. And then, you know, on our next house, we made money on. So, I mean, there were good things that happened to us, but um, for sure, um, we kept overhead low. We bought everything we could off Craigslist and we knew what we needed and, and ran with it. Yeah, I, um, I am a big fan of keeping overhead low for that first practice. I think that, um, you know, obviously I don't have numbers for a lot of the clinics that I see of students coming right out and graduating and they're like in these like gorgeous lofts and there's these all of these things and I'm like wow I hope I get that practice someday <laughs> and I'm just like did somebody pay for your schooling like or did you take out a loan for another 50 oh you took out another loan yeah. okay Hope you like your rice and beans. No, yeah, we no, have. it's a thing. Like you can make it really nice, but like our, my overhead was less than a thousand, about a thousand dollars a month. That's awesome. Yeah. And we have three chiropractors in our office. And so they usually, you know, I, they've all been practicing a few years, but that why the, why do own all that stuff? We already own it, you know, come in our office, pay barely anything and get your practice going and move out if you want. And they stay and that's fine with me. So, yeah. okay. So you kept it scrappy and you had saved while yeah. you were in school. Um, yeah, is there a certain amount that you recommend? Like when you're talking on the podcast, oh, you didn't, even, you kind of like breezed over it. Um, we'll, we'll get to your podcast. But <laughs> Dr. Haley and her husband have um, their own po podcast called the Cairo Biz Mojo. Yeah. Or chiropractic business mojo. It's Cairo business mojo, but we're going to change it to lifestyle practice. Oh, okay. Builders podcast. Okay. But, but so, so this is kind of a more detailed question. I wouldn't ask unless I knew you probably have this out there. Like you've had to come up with this. Is there a certain amount of money that you recommend someone try and have as a nest egg to start a practice? Is there that like, is it like $10,000 and you can get like a scrappy practice or, you know, like it's definitely, I think it's just different for everyone. Um, we say that if you, if someone has kids and they have no savings, you know, that's obvious you need an associate position. You know, I don't, I don't wouldn't recommend taking out too many, many more loans or that kind of thing. So for what we did, I would recommend having like around 50,000, maybe a little more. We only spend about eight to get open, mm -hmm. but then living expenses and it, times yeah. are tough when we open. So you may not need that whole yeah. amount, but you want enough to make sure that you're not, you know, going to go out of practice before you get started. So, and then if you do like, you know, the people working out of my practice, I would say 10,000, you know, they, yeah. to get started. And, and then it all depends, you know, some people have husbands or wives that have other jobs and yeah. so it, all those things come into play, but I think, you know, having an, a little bit of savings is important. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. So did you both naturally like the same adjusting techniques? Like, did you clash on, or was it just like, yep, we both adjust the same way or we are very different people, but we're very complimentary. So okay. we balance very well. 
So we now competition now. Um, I treated mostly like older patients, I would say, and moms and kids. And he treated whoever. I mean, he treated kids and everyone. But I did most of the business side of it um, because he had his son. So we had him 50% of the time. So I was still home with him. And, you know, we were trying to balance all of that. When, oh, when we first started, I did work for another chiropractor. Oh, you did. Okay. Sorry. So is that, no, that's all right. It's funny how like you're like, oh, that's right. I'm like, yeah. Okay, so, so I did do that. Now. So that did that helped us. Um, I worked for about a year and like a year and four months. I worked for another chiropractor Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I was in the office Tuesday, Thursday. So I mean that. So I just, you know, he was there all the time. So he was taking most of the patients, and then I was at the other practice. Um, doing that. And then it was about May when we knew we'd have my stepson home for the summer and our practice was doing well. We thought, you know, let's, it's time to stop that. It was a lot a far drive. So mm -hmm. we, I ended that and, you know, but I'm, I'm a big believer, get money when you can, you know, if you are in school during school, I worked, I still worked in the, as a chef, I um, I worked in a chiropractic clinic. I think everyone should work in at least one chiropractic clinic. I cooked for the the owner of the chiropractic clinic. I was like, I brought meal delivery to her. Um, I babysat. I was my cousin's nanny. His parents were out of town two weeks of every month and I li just lived with him and he drove and everything, but I, you know, I was his caretaker. And then um, I worked at school. I wow. did like, yeah. So I am, you know, there's no, and that's how I was able to graduate with so many, much less debt. And so my loans, you know, crep, creep up very little. Okay. And I, so I, because I think students don't understand, you know, when you take out, at least this is how it was when we were in there. And I don't know if it's still like that, but I can only assume they're very similar. But when you take out a loan, they take a, like a 3% right off the top. Like you're paying, like they take 3% of it right away. And then um, a certain percentage are subsidized and then a percentage are unsubsidized. Mm -hmm. And so the least amount, the less you take out, the less unsubsidized you're right. taking out. So most of my loans were subsidized the whole time through school. And then I don't know if that carries on, but um, you know, you, those are the kinds of things that I thought about and did when I was in school. So smart. So, so smart. All right, so this topic is super interesting and I know you're all getting a lot out of it and I promise we're gonna return in just a minute. But first I have to tell you about some of my favorite deals, including one new one I got for you all on our She Slays Savings page. So first is my favorite artist and chiropractor, Sandy Arthur. She is the owner behind Sandy Spines. So check out her really beautiful art on either her Instagram, at Sandy Spines, or her Etsy page. Um, you're going to get 10% off her entire order at checkout just by mentioning She Slays. And also, if she's got any stickers in stock, she's going to throw a couple of those in for you just because you're my friend. So if you've listened to episode six, you know that one of the biggest mistakes I made was waiting to add a practice coach to my life. Um, it's one of those investments that once I did it, I seriously never looked back. It's really great to have someone to bounce your ideas off of, and especially someone who's already made the mistakes and knows how to fix it and do it right. Someone who sees the things you're not even aware you might be doing wrong yet or how you could improve. 
So you've probably noticed I've had a few coaches on the show because like I said, I really like chiropractic coaching. And if you've listened to episode 29, you've already met one of the amazing women I recommend frequently, Dr. Nona Javid. She's the founder of the part-time million dollar cash practice, right? And you thought she slays savings was hard to say. So Dr. Nona is this brilliant and powerful woman who helps you build a practice to support the life you want, not a life that gets the leftovers of your business. So if you feel like you're a slave to insurance companies, not getting paid what you're worth, or spending too many hours in your clinic instead of living your life, she's your girl. So all listeners of the show will not only get a free one-hour consult with her, but also $300 off. Yes, you heard that, $300 off your first month of coaching with her. So check out our She Slays Savings tab on our website to get more info about Dr. Nona and her part-time million-dollar cash practice. That's sheslayspodcast.com slash sheslayssavings and click on Dr. Nona's beautiful face. So one more for today is my favorite techie thing we added to our practice in 2019, and that's the personalized clinic app from Connected and Inspired Media. It's a super well-made app for all prenatal and pediatric clinics that's a great resource for all of your patients. It's full of educational material, exercises, rehab, brain exercises, stretches. You're going to love it. So for more information, check out our She Slays Savings page on our website. And of course, mention She Slays when signing up and save 20% off your first month. Okay, that's it for now. Let's get back to the show. So then when you doing the running of the business and him being, um, let's see how I'll call it the talent. That's how I like, I, that's how Kirby and I refer to me. I'm like, I'm the talent that brings people in and I don't know how the money gets from their wallet to my credit card, but somehow it does. Um, who got, like if there was a disagreement, okay. So like, yes, uh-huh. I'm assuming like you guys love each other, like each other, your yeah. style is really congruent. Um, but like, there's always a difference in opinion on something where it's yes. like, I think we should add an addition and you're like, For sure. nope, we can't afford it. And he's like, you know, like how did, how do you work through those? Okay. So we are lucky in that we're both a little bit older And so when we were coming out of school, we were older than, you know, we weren't 22. So we had some history. Um, He had an ex-wife, you know, we've worked through things. And so I think more, we're mature, we communicate well, and um, we certainly get in arguments, but we usually just say, you know what, this is not going to get solved. Let's, you know, revisit it. And a lot of times it's, um, I would say we argue mostly (laughs) over like marketing Mm-hmm. ideas and how we think things are going to come in and or in the very beginning we would say we should do this we never said who was going to do what <laughs> but we always said we should do this like we should do town fair and then town fair would come and <laughs> we're like what did we do i don't know what did you do we were gonna do something yeah, you said we should do this so then i agree you decide to delegate the- <laughs> roles when it comes to something like that how do you figure out like how would you recommend um let's say they're both adjusting let's say this okay so let's say doctor because it sounds like doctor in dr taylor's scenario let's say they're both adjusting yeah and they've got somebody running the business like how would you go about determining okay well you're going to be in charge of this and i'm going to be in charge of that do you make it clear 
so once we realized that was something we did, you know, like this is an issue, we can't just say we should do this and then not give roles. Then we would sit down and say, okay, we're doing town fair. Who's going to, you know, we, you know, we had a bucket that we kept everything in for events. And so we're like, okay, who's going to double check everything's in there and who's going to order new giveaway items. Who's going to, you know, and so we would then break down the event and then separate the roles Got according it. to whoever did things better. You know, um, like I would never let rich open QuickBooks. <laughs> okay. It would, so then we, so then my role was whoever does QuickBooks gets designer jeans. Ah, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a different, we have a very different scenario over here. <laughs> I just keep buying designer jeans until the QuickBooks opener says, stop it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I'm not returning the most recent pair. Um, so, so, so there's just things that we're both good at. You know, his background is sales. He, he worked in sales and, um, and, and you're obviously business and creative. So. Yeah. And I'm business. Yeah. So do you by chance know your guys's Enneagram types or your strength finders? I don't, I just did it and I don't remember. I didn't, I need to do the real one cause I did like some cheap quick one. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you three answers and I forget which ones mine were. Yeah. It obviously didn't resonate very well. Like a lot of those shorter ones, you're kind of like, Oh, I'm a four. Okay. Yeah. Or I could be a one, three and five. I don't know. Yeah. That is also the other hard part about Enneagram where it's like, well, you're a four wing five, but in times of stress, you're a seven. Yeah. Times are great. And you're like, so I'm six numbers. No, and I have like three kids and, you know, yelling at me and snapping at me about cucumbers and yogurt. And so. Oh, um, and, and then strength finder, you don't know, like, so is he more of like a leadership no, it's sure. totally subjective to what we're doing, I would okay. say. Yeah. So, so you don't I'm, really allow a yin and yang to kind of take over every... Yeah. Scene. And it's amazing we don't get in more fights now that I'm talking about it with you because there isn't such a hard and fast rule, but we... I think that might be the key. Is yeah, I don't know. I could we, see more fights coming from attempting to put your marriage into a rigid system. Yeah. So, you know, I can see where like when you're, if you have two CAs, um, you know, as the boss, a lot of times you're like, okay, this is your role and this is your role. So yeah. then you think like if you're working with your spouse, then that should obviously be the same thing. But yeah. like when you look at your household, I mean, in general, my husband does the grocery shopping, but I would never come home on Friday and be like, what the fuck? You didn't grocery shop? And like, you know, like we communicate of like, hey, yeah. did you get a chance to do that yet? I'm going to be over on that side of town. I'll do it. And like, so it's, it's kind of. I think it's whoever it's most important to, you know, mm -hmm. like I do the dishes and I do the laundry and I do the grocery shopping, but those are the things that are important to me. And yep. he does, you know, whatever needs to be done around the house or he edits the podcast. He, he does yep. those things. So. And then same thing then in the clinic of like, whoever it's more important to, and yeah. is maybe more naturally inclined with their skills and abilities to do it, that it doesn't suck the yeah. life out of them type of thing. Yeah. So how, I want to talk a little bit about boundaries then. So it sounds like you guys have a really good, you know, I don't even want to call it a system but like a really good thing going for yeah. your yang flow of energy yeah. in the clinic. 
Um, although I do have a question on like when somebody needs to lay the smack down for like an employee who does that. Oh, I, um, it totally depends, depends on the situation. No, that's okay. Like, again, I think that it depends. A lot of it depends on the other person. So if they're a confrontational person, definitely my husband. Um, if it's, if they're more of a sensitive type, then I would say me. Okay. Um, so I don't know. We, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So then let's talk about boundaries at home because you guys work together, you uh -huh. podcast together yeah. and you raise children together. Yes. So like what kind of things have you had to implement or like, you know, within your family to create those boundaries? Yeah. So we do date night one or two nights a week. One or two nights a week. Yep. You go girl. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we do that and then we do, you know, single trip, solo trips, um, once or twice a year. Um, what else do we do? I don't know. We, it, a lot of, t you know, our kids are so young right now. They're three, just turned five and almost seven. So they're pretty needy. So I think we've kind of just come to, you know, and before we had kids, we said, you know what, it's going to be tough for like five years. It's going to be a lot of kid. And so I think, you know, we're probably kind of coming out of that and establishing more boundaries. We haven't always done one or two date nights a week. Um, but I think, um, so it's just, you know, I think it's definitely progressed and we've set more boundaries and, and a different, you know, when they were really young, we couldn't talk about important things when they were awake. Okay. So like I think about it now, they go to bed right before we do. So we don't have a lot of time. And I look at my husband, I'm like, how do we write this book? Like where, why, how come we can't do this again? <laughs> and it's because they used to go to bed at seven o'clock. You know, we had oh, yeah, five or six hours and um, now they go to bed at eight, eight 30 and we're exhausted because they stayed up an extra hour and a half or two. And then, so um you know, I think I'm that's so glad to hear that. So we have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and, um, you know, I will say where Kirby and I could use a lot more boundaries, um, is because so I, when I do go to the clinic, I get there at like two and I'm like in adjusting mode. So he can't like really talk to me then he can't be like, Hey, we need to address this. But then when I'm home, I guess that's better. But like where we need a better boundaries first thing in the morning, because we both wake up early. So we get up at five. Our kids don't get up until like between 6.30 and seven. So we're like wide awake and already having checked our email and meditated and done this and like setting our things for the day. And so like right as our kids are getting up, we might be talking about something and it's like, yeah, okay, I'll make you a smoothie. Like, can't you make yeah. your own breakfast yet? And it's like, we really, we're pretty good about the end of the day. Um, usually because I come home from a, an adjusting shift, just like, ugh. I'm so, I don't want to talk about work. I don't want to talk about the podcast. I don't want to talk about social media. I just want to be with this yeah. family. But like the morning where I have my energy, I'm like, mm, we could probably yeah. use some more boundaries. There. We try to get up early, but our kids wake up early. Like they sense us up. So, um, and it's now it's thing. Huh? That is a real thing. Oh, I know. Yeah. So we, so a lot of times my husband will get up and he'll go like out to the family room and work and I'll try to work in the bed. But then if someone comes in, then 
like I don't want them up. So I'll turn off the lights and try to get them back to sleep or, you know, whatever I can do, but it's not perfect for sure. Yeah. What's the biggest obstacle that you and Rich have had to overcome in working together? Oh my God. Um, a lot of, I, a lot of it's outside stuff. I feel like we have a very good sense of team. Like we're a team and we want, we're both working towards the same goal. So if we're upset at each other or we, you know, something's not aligning between us, we just kind of let it go. Um, we don't, you know, we don't hash it out. We don't, we're not screamers or, you know, and, and that works for some people and that's just not how we are. We're kind of, I like to bring it in, you know, and try to figure out what my feelings are and before I say or do anything. And so a lot of times the problem works out before, you know, we talk again, I guess. Um, so I think we've dealt with a lot of, you know, with having, um, with, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this gently, but you know, like with, um, custody issues or, um, you know, people working in our practice, their issues, um, you know, selling the practice that kind of, I mean, those kinds of things have, um, brought problems, but in, internally we, I mean, honestly, we just, we talk, we communicate really well. And I think that is always communicated. Well, like, I mean, you, you No, in the beginning, there were definitely, like I was saying, when we, when you say like, um, you know, we should work on this, that, that was like, that was an intense fight. Like we, you know, I don't just because you said like, he would like, he's usually the one that says we should do this just because you said that doesn't mean I'm going to hop up you know, jump and do all the things like we need to figure out who's doing what. And, and so a lot of it's that, um, it was that in the beginning. Um, and, and I think too, with kids, like who's doing what, and, and I do do most of it, but my husband was, you know, when we were in Colorado and we had his son, he was a lot more involved, um, then, and we had our, just, we only had the practice. So we had a lot more of our time so we could, you know, balance it so that we, you know, during the summer we would, the days we had him, we would take off. Like we had summer hours and then we had school hours. And so we really geared them towards being home with my stepson for both of us. And so, um, you know, working around that and stuff, but I yeah. don't, I mean, so, um, it's sound, so something that Kirby and I have had to, um, because we're constantly like, Oh, that's a good idea. You know, like, right. Similar yeah. thing is, um, Kirby will say to me, well, first of all, we need to make sure he's, he'll be like, you know, are you asking me to execute that? Or are yeah. you just saying like someday we should do that? Um, which is good because I have like futuristic and ideation, um, as some of my like top strengths. So like, I'm kind of always like, Whoa, we should have a petting zoo. And he's like, okay, goals, purpose, great. Are you just talking out loud? Yeah. Did, did you just have a really good run and you're like coming up with ideas? Yeah. Um, but if I'm like, no, we should, we should do this, um, you know, he'll say, like, okay, are you asking me to do this? Are yeah. you thinking what kind of a timeline are you thinking on this? Uh -huh. And um, because I also have activator as like a top strength, meaning like, I'm like, now. I want it now. <laughs> like yeah. I want it done. And um, so he'll say like, okay, I can work on creating that spreadsheet for that. Um, but I was going to work 
on this instead this week? Would you, is, do you see this as more important than this? And then I kind of have to be like, oh, I didn't even realize you were having to put stuff together for the accountant. Like, I guess this can probably wait. And so like, we kind of had to learn that that's how, you know. Finding clarity. Yes. 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 What you're doing. And that's totally how we've been. And I think it, you know, you think about it, you like you're living with a different person, a stranger, essentially when you first get married and you have to negotiate all those things. And, and I think, but figuring out how to clarify our meaning and, and our dream and where we're going and the steps to get there is, is, has really helped. Yeah. And I think, and that's what I say when I'm like, you know, a lot of times I just internalize it for a while because I'm trying to figure out where I'm going, you know, and what do I mean by, you know, what I, what I think we're doing. And I think a lot of that comes with time. Like the answers do come with time. So you can't, you know, we could fight about this and keep fighting about it, but really this is like three months from now or six months from now or two years from now. And so the only thing we ultimately can do is make all the good decisions today and, and, and figure out all of that as we move along. But you can't always find clarity in the moment because things change. Yeah. How important do you think it is to be like a hundred percent in alignment with like the vision of where you're going? With the oh, oh, a hundred percent. I think for us, and that's the thing as we, you know, and that's when we do butt heads the most is we're, you know, when we're trying to figure this out, you know, what does the book look like? What does our practice look like? Where, you know, where's our family? What's that look like in five years? And I think, um, you know, until we can really put words to it and agree on it, then once we're all set in motion and we are, we agree on everything, then that's when the big steps come. So I think without that, um, you know, if you're a couple in practice and you, you're plateauing you may not be on the same page, you mm-hmm. should figure that out. There's an incongruency somewhere likely. Yeah. 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 Cause, because you, when you know where you're going and you have that clarity, you have the energy you're going to do get up at 5 a.m. You're going to make the actions and the plans that are going to take you there. But if you aren't fully in, you're kind of along for the ride, then you're not, I don't think you're going to do those things. You're going to kind of wait until you feel like you're on board too. So what would you say? I mean, you might be saying it right now, but what's your biggest piece of advice for a couple that is going to work together starting a chiropractic practice? I think figuring out your communication and if you are compatible to working together. I did a podcast interview recently. It hasn't gone live yet, but with a a gal and she works with her husband and they went to counseling before they even they purchased a practice, I think, from a family member, and it wasn't something they thought they would be doing, but they, when they figured out that they would, they started counseling to make sure that it would work, and they, I know, so, so smart. So smart. I know, you know, and she, um, she was almost pro soccer, and so she is used to coaching. She's like, I get, they have a financial coach, and a coach for this, and a coach for that, and I thought, oh man, that's, that's really smart, you know, to 
tackle it before it ever happens. So I think maybe that, if that's, if you're open to that. Oh, I, I mean, I love it so much because you, I thought you were going to say like kind of being in alignment with vision, um, which is super important also, but when it comes down to it, the marriage, you can't forget that there is a marriage in this business and it is more important Mm -hmm. than the vision of where you're taking patients and what the clinic's going to do. Like ultimately at the end of the day, the most sacred thing in all of this is the relationship between your spouse and you and the key to keeping those boundaries, the key to keeping respect is having, is having those, um, that expectation of communication. Yeah. Uh, those, those lines of communication and how to respond to one another and how to treat one another. So I love that. And That's- I think allowing each other the time to take care of their self, you know, like my husband and I, we take care of ourselves. I, we go to the gym separately or together. We, you know, we do the things that that bring us joy. My husband loves music. And so he listens to music. He plays all these instruments I have around me and he like, that makes him happy. And so, and then we spend all the time we can with our kids. And, um, you know, like I said, when we had his son, we took days, you know, days off in the summer just to go to the pool and to go to the water park and to, to be together. So I think, um, when you're working, you work hard. And when you're living, you are, you know, you're, you're doing your life too. Yeah. And it doesn't require a lot of money. You can't, you know, I'm not saying go out, go to the Cayman Islands every three months. Um, My husband and I, when we started our practice, we had a three hour lunch break because we were in a small town. And so most of our patients were either worked from home or came, you know, before or after work. And so we had a three hour lunch and we would go, we were really close to Boulder, Colorado. We would drive into Boulder. We would walk along Pearl Street, have lunch and talk about whatever we wanted and then go back in and finish the day. So I think just enjoying each other and enjoying what you have outside of the practice too is important. So important. Okay. Final question. Um, So if someone who gives advice for a living as a doctor, as an author, as a podcast host, as a mom, um, where do you get your inspiration from? Like who do you listen to? What do you read? Okay. I love podcasts and I'm trying to read, I'm trying to read 25 books this year. Okay. So, and I find myself reading the same ones and I get different, especially now that I'm back in practice, they have more meaning to me um, to figure out kind of where I'm going. Cause I'm at a crossroads. I'm trying to figure out where I really want to spend a lot of my time. Do I want to go to ICPA seminars? Do I want to go, you know, what do I want to do? So um, I like, I love Brennan Burchard. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I listen to Amy Porterfield. Um, I like Rachel Hollis. I love her and her husband's podcast. Do you ever listen to that? I haven't listened to that. Oh my God. The rise together podcast. Yes. You have to listen to it. Um, I think it's great. I, they're a fun couple and their energy together is fun and they talk about real relationship things. So I like that. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. I wish I had my, oh, I do have my phone. 
let me look at my phone. I should be able to just come up with this, but honestly, I have like three or four voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, I love StoryBrand. Um, oh, the yeah. Podcast, the StoryBrand mm -hmm. podcast with Donald Miller is fun to listen to. Um, I mean, those are my main ones, I would say. Well, there's some really good ones. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like those. So awesome. Well, tell people, um, we kind of talked, can you please do a plug for yeah. the podcast right now? Because okay. we didn't talk about it at all. So. <laughs> okay. So my husband and I have a podcast. We started in 2016. And when we started, we really honestly didn't know what we were doing. So as the years have gone Every on. Every podcaster ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just were kind of like, okay, who should we talk to next? You know, and we didn't really, it was fun. And, and we did a podcast a day, which you should know is what? crazy. Why yeah, and we launched the day we had our third daughter. So I didn't see my husband for like four months. Um, How long were your episodes? Uh, some were long. I know. Like if he would record one, maybe like 12 minutes, but most of them were around 35, 45 minutes. Wow. So yeah. Um, and I don't know where we had that time. Like I can't even come up. I couldn't come up with it if I tried. So we started the podcast in 2016. And then we, and it's, we, our idea was to interview chiropractors, business owners, any kind of entrepreneur. So my aunt runs a travel agency, a very successful travel agency. She's one of the first episodes. Um, one of the first chiropractors I worked for, she had, you know, when I worked for, there were like nine chiropractors in the office. Um, and, and then, um, several, you know, and then we did book reviews, that kind of thing. I've been doing all the interviews now. And so I've been interviewing chiropractors and different types of practices. So one of, um, one of them started in a yoga studio. One of them ha is in a gym. One of them, um, is in their home. So that kind of thing, I've tried to reach out to more, um, not, you know, more active chiropractors, um, that are just doing different things and finding their way. And they really, you know, they really enjoy what they're doing. So I do that. And then we wrote a book in 2017. It's a planner and it is primarily for students who are graduating. There's, you know, how to get started, apply for your license, the kinds of things you need, and then dialing in the brand of your practice and where you want to be. So the avatar of your patient and, and all that. And then there's a hundred days to to plan to, to, you know, keep track of people you talk, meet and talk to, and there's tips and all that kind of stuff. And there's lists and checklists and, and all that kind of stuff you need when you're getting started. So, and then we're going to actually transition it into a quarterly planner. So for any chiropractor to keep track of their stats and their time and that kind of thing. Um, and then we have an online membership for, that kind of goes with the planner that helps um, students or, you know, people who are associates that want to transition into their own practice. And it, they're all low co cost, low cost, um, because we wanted to help them. My husband works at Cleveland and we see them struggling and they're, you know, paying people 8000 and $10,000 or the first, you know, or 20% for the first three years. And I just don't think it needs to be like that. We didn't have a coach. Um, I think we could have used one. And if we had found one that was, you know, that we aligned with, we would have done it. Cause I think, like I said about the Dr. Antonetti that had the coach, the, um, 
the, she has a financial coach and the uh, couples coach and everything that I think it's smart. You need, you know, keep you on track and let you know where you're going and what systems you need. And I I say that one of the biggest mistakes that I made when I first started was that I didn't get a coach soon enough. Like I did, I did great, but um, a coach really helped me define where I was going, like really cleaned up my systems and procedures. So like kind of depending on where people are at, people send me a message like, who do you recommend to coach? And I usually, I I wouldn't answer that on a show because it really depends. It depends where you're at in your practice. Are you looking to like bring on an associate? Are you just starting? Like, and so I'm always like, well, tell me more information and I will tell you who I recommend. (laughs) And so, and we're not looking to coach one-on-one. We have done that and we do, I do it, uh, um, but I, we would rather be, have it more of a community type. So if you join the membership, there's a community on Facebook and you can ask questions and that kind of thing. Um, And then we have a course that's about doing the ROF. So Mm -hmm. having a system of how to have patients come in and what you need to say without being salesy or script. I say, keep saying scripty, but it's not a word, <laughs> but you know, it, it's just a very genuine way of explaining to them what they need to know without throwing up oh, all yep. over them of chiropractic terms. So it's just more of guidelines and a mindset of having the confidence. And then, um, and this is all my husband, this is his baby. And this is what he does well is, um, you know, so that they, the patient completes their care plan which is the most important thing because how are you going to know if someone's going to get better or if they need to go somewhere else or yeah, most importantly, if they need to go somewhere else. So, um, or or they're going to get better and then they're going to refer people in. So I think having the patient come in, have a system to, you know, have them complete their treatment plan with you. And that's what the course is for. So cool. Well, tell people where to find you guys. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I didn't think of my answer for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can go to, um, you, to, the best place is probably chirobusinessmojo.com. It's C-H-I-R-O-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-M-O-J-O.com. And there's a resource there for, like I was saying, all the things I did to save money during school. And there's a couple other resources there too you can download. So um, there, but I think Facebook is great. You know, I help a lot in the groups or I am, you know, happy to answer questions as well. So that's the best place. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure to, I'm glad we got to do video because yeah. I feel like now I know you um, and I'm sure we will see each other at either a podcast conference or a chiropractic conference, or maybe one day a chiropractic podcast conference. Oh, that'd be terrible. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of an introvert and have social anxiety for something like that. Plus it'd only be about 10 people. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Haley. Yeah. Uh, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something awesome out of this reach out to Haley and her husband. They have, go listen, go subscribe to their podcast. It's super cool. I love it. Um, And until next week, She Slayers, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? 
SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 